This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 91. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a family. We're Cameron and Amber O'Hearn, and today we are chatting about... I So it's about giving 100%. Oh, right. But I, I wonder if there's something to be said for like... It's basically, I think... Ah, I don't know how to say this besides... This could radically transform your marriage. Mm. I don't know if that's too big, too lofty of a goal, but... No, I don't think it is. The more we've done this, uh, the better (laughs) our marriage is and everything else is. Do you agree? 100%. I agree. 100% agree. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. Um, All right. So, little story. So, we had Lucy. She was a newborn. Uh, We had just moved closer to my work it was like a dream scenario where like move close to work i can bike into work mm-hmm. um so i have like a full-time job amber's at home which is your dream um we have an apartment that we love it's also close to daily mass our friends are nearby it was just ideal but i remember one night for some reason the couch was pulled out away from the wall we we're probably like vacuuming underneath it but we didn't get around to it because things were so crazy (laughs) so the couch just pulled out um we're sitting on the floor by the wall uh like in between the couch and the wall maybe this is just how i felt maybe this wasn't even like (laughs) what the actual scenario was but we're in between the couch and the wall and just both exhausted um with our newborn and and work and everything and uh Part of my job was to fundraise our salary. Really, it could be really stressful at times. And Amber asked me to, (laughs) she was holding Lucy and she asked me to pick up a sock, which was nearby us. (laughs) And instead of picking up the sock, I broke down. Yeah. And I I started getting like the, the froggy throat and the like internal shame like I I feel like I wasn't pulling my weight I just it was like it just like that one comment overwhelmed me because of everything else on our shoulders Mm. I mean it's a like the sock caused me to like cry like I think I was eating something too I was eating like a (laughs) muffin so you can just imagine me eating something and crying it reminds me of that scene from Signs with Mel Gibson. He's like eating the mashed potatoes. No one else is eating because they're all stressed out. But he's like, eat, eat your, eat your waffles, eat your vegetables. And he starts eating off of other people's plates and he's crying while he's eating. <laughs> like mouthfuls of mashed potatoes and he's weeping. That's how it felt. I felt like I was uh, um, just not a very good uh, provider in that moment. And it was... I think it was a good example of Amber expecting me to do something and me not feeling like I'm doing enough for hundreds of other reasons. Like it wasn't because she asked me to pick up a sock. It was because of just our life at that moment. It was really difficult. And it was a, a lack of understanding for from where the other person was coming from. Cameron had... I can't remember that when this happened, but had likely just 
gotten home from a long day of work. Or maybe it was after it was, a long night of getting up with our with Lucy. It was definitely at night. Okay. Like close to bedtime. And you know, what I was perceiving was I just spent the day with our child. The and least I'm exhausted. I could do is pick up a sock. <laughs> right. But not understanding like, wow, Cameron had a whole world of issues and things to be thinking about at work that I, I wasn't. A whole world of issues. <laughs> Wow, I did not realize my husband has a whole world of issues. I thought he was okay, but now he's crying while he's eating the muffin. Okay, let me re-say that. No, that's, I, I agree. Do you want me to say that on the podcast? I'll I don't care. Okay. <laughs> um, it wasn't that you, I realized you had this whole world of issues, but it was that I realized that work was kind of like a different world. Like I wasn't really thinking Mm. about that being a part of your world, but it was a big part because it's, you know, 40 hours a week that you're spending at your job. Yeah, and I think think it's also, like my mind tends to think of the existential threats. Like, are we going to be safe? Do we have enough money for the next month? These like long-term things. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at, the threats right in front of you, the sink mm. full of dishes, the sock on the floor. Right. And remember that one time, I think we told this story in the podcast when you left this diaper on the stairs. Yeah. And I passed by it like four times Cameron, in my day. My hope was that, you know, Cameron would see the diaper and think, oh, yes, let me bring this upstairs to throw it in the trash. But instead, he just kept stepping over it and he'd go up the stairs and he'd step over it again. <laughs> he. <laughs> He like knew it was because I would go upstairs. I think about like, okay, th- I need this meeting to go well. Like, I, I have this meeting in five minutes. I'm gonna get some tea. Um, if this meeting goes well, then I could land this project, which is gonna be awesome. Because then, you know, we can buy our house and and I would see the diaper and I think, okay, there's a diaper there. It would just be like in the list of things that eventually I have to worry about. But it was in that moment I wasn't thinking of the immediate. Right. Threat. I was thinking of this big existential thing. Right. So, so yeah, that that's an example that I think will, it'll become clear why, why we shared that. So, when you get married, it's really easy. Like, at first, when you get married, it's really easy to serve the other person. Because you married them. Yeah. You're like, you, now you We're get to spend all your time together. Yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. You share everything together. You share your bodies together. Share all your time. Um, it's just the uh, honeymoon phase is just wonderful, but it it doesn't last very long. And at some point, you get hit in the head with the realization that the world doesn't revolve around you. Mm-hmm. Even though before you got married, you said, of course, of course, I want to sacrifice for this person. I want to give everything for this person. I want to have kids and like, and like, I want it to be hard, but good. And I, I, I like, I'm all in for you. But then when it gets real, yeah, like when we had Lucy and it was like waking up literally seven times a night mm-hmm. and not just waking up and waking us up, but waking us up, we'd have to pick her up off the bed get on our exercise ball, bounce her to sleep, which probably would take like 10 minutes. And if you wake up at 3 a.m. and you have to bounce on a ball for 10 minutes, it's agony. (laughs) 
You see the other person sleeping all cozy in bed. You're bouncing on this ball. Um, and then you would try to set her down. And about half the time, she would wake up again. Yeah. Um, and not only that, she would, like, vomit on the bed. And I think early on, we're like, okay, time to change the sheets again. We change oh. the sheets. But then it got to the point where it's like, I mean, you're not put changing down the a towel. Yeah, put down the <laughs> towel. You're not changing sheets like five times in a night. So we'd, we'd wake up with a stack of towels that needed washed in the morning <laughs> that we're lying on top of. Anyways, um, we, we know looking back that now we, she probably had some like... She had acid Re- reflux. Yeah, stuff. and some yeah. other issues, but... Then we were just like, this is what it's like to have a baby. It's just getting up seven times a night and bouncing her to sleep every time. So so here's the point. You don't come into marriage like the wedding day doesn't change you. So you grew up, spent your whole life just caring about yourself mainly. Even if you're like working, serving other people, you can still choose like when you go to bed, when Mm -hmm. you wake up. What you're doing with your free time. You have free time. Like, you don't have to carve it out of your schedule. You just have it. So, but when you get married, that doesn't just change overnight. So, when when you get hit with the realization, like, oh, sleep is not my own. All this baby's screaming at me in the middle of the night. I have to do something about it. There's a sock on the floor. I have to pick up that sock because my <laughs> wife asked me to. Um, I think then because we're inclined to like take the path of least resistance and because we know the other person promised to serve us <laughs> that we start kind of keeping score. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is like the critical thing when you keep score in a marriage, it's damaging. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do. So like, you know, in most cases the husband comes home from work, just like we mentioned before, stressed about his performance, like, um, how he's doing at work or the finances. The wife has been putting out fires all day, changing a bunch of diapers. And then, of course, a, a clash is about to happen because you share the same space. You're both stressed out. Um, and you you kind of just want peace. You want everything to be solved. You want a break. So the wife has been changing diapers all day. She's ready for... The husband to come and take over. And start changing diapers. So she can have a little break. But the husband has been stressed out at yeah. work and needs a break. Right. <laughs> I, I've He's been... ready to decompress yes. before. Yeah. Yes. Um, so then, but the wife, when does she get a break? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she hasn't had like five minutes to, to take a break. She's been constantly, even if the baby's asleep, she's like, okay, now I got to. Uh, get up with the chores, like clean the house or get dinner started. Like you haven't taken a break. I haven't taken a break. There's a dirty diaper. Like who's going to change it? Well, you've changed more diapers than me. So does that mean I should change it? Um, So then, then it's usually like, instead of like a really heroic saintly, like I'll do it for you, honey. It's like, (laughs) fine, I'll do it. Fine, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, Okay, I'm going to change this one so she'll get off my back. We can, like, I can take my break. Uh, my wife will be happy, whatever. But then 15 minutes later, the diaper's filled again. Who is supposed to change it? Who is supposed to change it? That's a good question. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say, 
wife's been changing diapers all day, the husband should step up and change the diaper. Hmm. I don't think it's a bad answer, but what what would you say the wife is thinking in that moment that's maybe a little off? Probably what I'd be thinking is, well, just what you're explaining. Like, I've changed diapers. I've been with the child all day, and he hasn't been with the child. So even if he was, like, at work and, like, he was able to take you know, three minutes to go fill his water bottle or something and like breathe a little bit. I feel like I haven't had a chance to even really set the baby down. So it's his time to, you know, step up and do whatever. Yeah. But there was a moment that changed. (laughs) There is. Am I jumping too far ahead? That's great. What, when did, when did I change your mind? (laughs) I'm just kidding. It was when we were in, we were going on a trip somewhere. Do you remember we were in the car? Yes. And you said, I forget who you heard this from, but you said, you know, uh, it's... It's not give and take. Like people talk about love. Love is like give and take. Like you give, you give, you give so that you can have something. Yeah. And you said, it's not 50%, 50%, but marriage is 100%, 100%. And that was like revolutionary (laughs) to me but maybe to people listening they're like oh yeah we've heard that but for me it had always been like that balance like we probably even use that word like that balance between the two of us but no it's not even really about the balance it's about yeah sacrificing and giving of yourself it's not about balance 100 and sometimes that looks like 60 40 or 80 20 and it is infuriating when you Let's say you can quantify it and you're like, you know what? My spouse, it's pretty clear he or she's only giving like 25%. Like barely, like not even half. They're not even doing their part. They're doing like half of half. Mm -hmm. And it's infuriating to like then do do the 75%, you know, fine, I'll do it this time. But when we were looking at each other on the altar, we said all in. Yeah. No matter what. A hundred percent. Even if you turn out to be a complete jerk, yeah, <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. Like there's even a uh, question on the inventory we did for, I think it was for the inventory for marriage, the focus inventory. Yeah, I think so. Even if it wasn't, it was part, it was some part of our marriage prep where we were asked the question, um, if your spouse is unfaithful, like commits adultery, would you stay married to them. So like, this is before we're married. And I think it's, ah, you can see why some people would say, well, no, I don't want my spouse to have that license to just do that. No, I'm going to stick around. Like I want them to stick around because they want to be faithful to me. But we answered, yes, we would stay married. Because you probably of what... answered definitely yes, and I probably answered probably yes. <laughs> Pro- most likely. <laughs> most likely, yes. Yeah, it's because of what marriage is. Mm-hmm. We knew, standing at the altar, that we were all in no matter what. Yeah. Even though we didn't know like how hard it was going to be. We thought it was going to be a lot easier than it actually was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so um, I want to play a clip from uh, The Office, and this will get us into our next section. So they're at, uh, the office is at a beach, the beach, a beach day and it's called beach games. 
And Michael's trying to figure out like who his new replacement is going to be. Michael He's Scott. the boss. Yeah, I bet most people have probably seen it. Uh, but so he asks Pam to take notes, like everything that happens, so he can see like if anyone's like rising to the surface and doing a better job. So here's here's what he says. Do you know? Uh, who's ahead in points? I think they're even. At various times, you gave Jim ten points, Dwight a gold star, and Stanley a thumbs up. I don't really know how to compare those units. Check to see if there's a conversion chart in that notebook. I really doubt it. Please just check. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. Conversion chart for stars. stars. (laughs) Thumbs up. (laughs) So I I here's what I think. I would love to know what you think about this. Because like all our our roles look so different. We're doing different things. You actually can't quantify it. Mm. So even if you say like, I'm given my 50%, you're, you're given your 50 or I'm given 60, you're given 40. I don't even think you can say that. Yeah. Because when you compare diaper changing to the number of hours of sleep the other spouse got to how much money one spouse makes over the other to how many loads of laundry, or like we said earlier, the like, big threat of like do we have enough money for this Mm -hmm. versus the immediate threat of like i can't i can't cope with this messy house you can't compare those things right right and like one example is that i really struggled with is like when you would say how tired you are and i would think like i'm probably more tired than her or like she got an extra hour of sleep or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, I know it sounds like you're always sleeping in and that's not always the It's the usually case. <laughs> the case. That's okay. <laughs> but like what if God made our – like how much sleep we get. Like we need different amounts of right, sleep. Right. So let's say someone needs six hours of sleep and another person needs ten. <laughs> <laughs> like literally ten hours. Uh, like I think you and I both probably need like nine or ten hours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to feel okay. Um, that one – day a couple of nights ago i went to bed at like i was asleep by nine and then i stayed in bed till nine o'clock but i will say that i was up throughout the night because faustina was sick so right tap tap those points yeah tap them up <laughs> calculate how much you're how much weight you're pulling around but yeah i would i would feel like if my wife gets more sleep then like she should do she should, like, when she wakes up, like, help me with whatever I'm doing. Because it's like, she just slept in. She should help me now with taking care of Lucy, you know, in the morning. Or, like, not nag me about this thing. But it's it's because I was comparing how much sleep I got with how much sleep you got. And saying, and then, like, putting those together, saying, like, well, you got more sleep. And I'm starting to keep score. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you add up, like... Everything I'm doing a day in a day to everything you're doing in a day, you just can't compare them. Right. So I think we're just too concerned about having the other spouse pull their weight so we can just have a 50-50 relationship. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's what we really want or that's what we even promise each other. I think it's because growing up, like that's probably what we experienced. Like, for example, when we did... A class project and everyone gave a certain amount to the mm-hmm. class project or I think that's kind of like what we're conditioned like when you're working with someone else you give you each give the same amount to contribute but 
when you're married, it's different. You're giving your whole self over to someone. Yeah. So it can feel really unfair to have your spouse not pull their weight. Like when it's clear that they're not, that can feel really frustrating and unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, When it's clear like your spouse has been a couch potato or a nagging (laughs) evil stepmother, (laughs) like... If, if you're called to, like, go above and beyond the 50%, just pulling your weight, just doing more and more and more, um, it can it can be really frustrating. You're giving your life to the other person. So Here's a question. Yeah. So at the end of the night when we've put the kids to bed and I'm exhausted and you say, you know what, why don't you sit on the couch? I'm going to finish up the dishes. I'm going to yeah. go do podcast dishes. Yeah. When you do that. Who are you doing those dishes for? That is a multifaceted answer. I wish I could say I was just doing it for God. But that's not really the case. I'm doing it so my wife isn't angry at me (laughs) or just like stressed. I don't want you to be stressed. But I also like the like shut off my brain time. When I can just kind of decompress with the podcast. So I actually enjoy it. So it's like I enjoy doing it. And if we did it together, you're you're really stressed about the day. So I'd feel like in your presence, it's kind of uncomfortable. It's better for you to decompress over there, me to decompress over here. The fact that I'm doing dishes isn't really that heroic. It's just I like to decompress. That's interesting. You thought it was more heroic than that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to segue into the next part of our. How do you know what I'm going to bring up? Well, well, I want to we talk. I want to talk about Dennis. Oh, Dennis! Dennis the menace. <laughs> he is a menace. So we promised each other a hundred percent, hundred percent. We had no asterisks, no no qualifiers to say. If you give 100%, I'll give 100%. Right. We just said, We're going to give 100%. You right there. I'm going to lay down my life for you. Yep. Okay. St. Elizabeth of Portugal in um, the 13th, 14th century married Dennis. The menace. We all hate <laughs> Dennis around here. King, he was king of, king of Portugal. So I guess she was a queen. I think that's how that works. Uh so she did the typical saint things you would read about in saint stories, like praying, going to mass, founding hospitals, those types of things. Uh, her husband was unfaithful. But Elizabeth continued to care for him and pray for him. She even cared for his illegitimate children. So imagine you have these little people... <laughs> who are a direct reminder of your spouse's infidelity, but you, you're not even given just 100% to your spouse and your children. You're, you're just giving 100%. Mm. These, even these kids <laughs> who are not mine, mm-hmm. they're actually my husband's infidelity that brought these kids. So it's, whoops. So it's, I think it's just an amazing example what happened was King Dennis was converted on his deathbed. Wow. 
So, you know, St. Uh, Elizabeth gets to the end of her life. Now, does she care how much weight Dennis pulled around the house? Does she care? No, she was just given 100%. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Why? Because she loved God. It wasn't about Dennis. Yeah. I mean, she loved Dennis. She wanted his conversion. She wanted what's best for him. She gave her life to him. She just wanted to love and serve God. Yes. And yes. be faithful to her vocation. So why why is it so much yeah. easier to love strangers, be nice to strangers or telemarketers? <laughs> like, we're so kind to everyone. Or even like serving the poor, like people doing these really lovely service-oriented things. But when it comes to your spouse, it's just like, oh, this is this is my arch rival right now. This this person just um, rub, today they just rub me the wrong way, and it becomes so hard to love the only person you said you would love, regardless of what happened. Mm-hmm. So, would you say I am a ruthless king? No. Or an arch-villain who wants to destroy the universe with infinity stones? No. Well, great, because (laughs) most of you are probably not married to a Dennis the Menace, who's a king. Yeah. Um, So what's going to happen is, I think in a lot of cases, is what happens to me when I see Amber, like, talking sweetly to the kids when they're doing everything to make me annoyed and frustrated. I'm inspired when I'm giving, I'm like trying to like hold on to my 25%, just like manage over here. And I see you giving a hundred percent in that moment, right? In that one moment that we can point to, I'm inspired to then, I want to give a hundred percent and I want to like walk over there and like, help her out and so i i think the the point i'm making is when you give 100% not that this is what you do it for or expect but your spouse will be inspired to mm-hmm. also wow like yeah. my wife or my husband just just raced me yeah. to the cross did what we both promised to do i'm going to do my part finally oh totally you know Days of like being able to sleep in and Cameron taking the kids and I see him like saying, I'll go ahead and do the dishes, you know, night after night or sweeping the floor, things that I don't like to do at the end of a long day. And that just like, it does, it inspires you. It's like he's giving so much of, of himself and inspires you to do the same thing. Also, it puts me in a more agreeable mood. <laughs> 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 last, nice. last weekend, uh, you were going to take the kids for four hours or something while I went out yes. and just went to Hobby Lobby and got a coffee. I sound so cool right now. Yeah. So before that, Cameron and I had a conversation that we usually kind of butt heads a little bit when we have this oh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like agreeing with everything Cameron was saying. Like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Oh, I never thought of it that way. And, and I'm said, like, am I winning? What's going on? Karen said, wow, you're so much more agreeable when you know you're about to leave for four hours by yourself. <laughs> uh, that's that's so probably funny. unrelated, but... No, that's great. I love that. 
I, I would say to everyone listening, have this very specific conversation with your spouse. Are we keeping score? Mm, and then, yeah. and then just commit. I'm not going to keep score anymore. Mm-hmm. When I take the kids in the morning, I'm not going to expect you to take the kids the next morning. Mm. Yeah, you can work up an agreement. Sure. Hey, um, do you mind if I slept in tomorrow morning? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, you can sleep in the following morning. Like, it's okay to make agreements like that, but don't keep all this secret information like keeping score. Yeah. How many hours of sleep the other person got? How many times they do dishes or diapers or bills or whatever? Right. And just like a little disclaimer regarding yes. all of this, we're talking, of course, about healthy marriages, not um, marriages where there's abuse involved or something like that. Of course, in those situations, get help. This do- get help. This does not apply to yeah, those get situations. Help. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in the case of Dennis Menace, if he was abusing Elizabeth, yeah. she should get help. She shouldn't just say, well, I'm, quote unquote, giving 100% to my husband. He can do whatever he wants. Like, no, get help. Um, It's for the good of you and the good of your marriage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, with that, that was a good disclaimer. I'm glad you said that. Um, So lastly, let's get into some saint quotes. Let's do it. And I think. Can I pause really quick? I'm just going to go see if she's. Okay. So time for another dad joke. Did anyone survive the Great Flood? Noah. Hey, you're back? Yeah. Okay. Remember, you can cut out any of my jokes. Okay. Um, so, in summary, don't do what you're doing for your spouse, for just for your spouse, or, or you'll expect something in return. Do it for Jesus who's given you more than you could ever return. Mm. So like when you do something for God, that's also helping your spouse, like doing dishes, um, do it for Jesus. Consider him who gave everything for you. He's already cross. given us everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like you're going to expect something in return from right. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he gave you life. He keeps your heart beating. Um, gives you three meals a day. So, Some saints quotes to really just drive the point home. So firstly, from scripture, I, I kind of amended this in a certain way, but you know where it's from Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful wife, good and faithful husband. You were faithful and little, I will set you over much. Go and share in your master's joy. Okay, St. Francis de Sales, we must practice meekness, not only with reason, but against reason. Mm -hmm. So when your spouse is being unreasonable, completely unreasonable, Mm -hmm. even then, even if you have every right um, to say, like, it's your turn, or I've done this or done that, against reason. Yeah. (laughs) Love goes beyond reason. Okay. Lastly, our favorite, our favorite, like, saint quote man. Guy. <laughs> the Fons, St. Alphonsus Liguori. Uh, this is, this is a few sentences. You haven't heard this yet, so let's read it. 
Others wish to serve God, but only at a certain post, in a certain place, with certain companions, and under certain circumstances. Otherwise, they either abandon their work or else do it grudgingly. Such people are not free in spirit, but slaves of self-love. And for that reason, they earn little merit even for the good they do. Instead, they live in perpetual disquiet because their attachment to their own will makes the yoke of Jesus Christ weigh heavily upon them. Hmm. Wow. So, let us know what you think. Um, let us know how the conversation went with your spouse. Um, we are not experts. Uh, even today, I was, I was just failing all the time. <laughs> uh, just you know, I need to stop keeping score. Anyways, let us know what you, what you think. Uh, any questions you have? Uh, we want listener questions so we can, we can do like more question and answer type. So if, if there's something on your mind about this episode or any episode, let us know. Mm-hmm. Amber at diapersanddisciples.com. Correct. Okay. That's right. And then, uh, oh, what was the last thing? Can you pray? Yes, I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then I'll pray next time. Great. (laughs) Jesus, we love you. Help us to love one another more and to give without counting the cost and to just spend our lives loving and serving you, Lord, by loving and serving those you've placed in our lives, most especially our spouses and our family. Jesus, we offer this day to you, and we ask for your grace and your strength and your perseverance. We love you, Lord, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, have you ever heard of intermittent fasting? I've heard of it. I've done it with you for a while. (laughs) (laughs) At certain times, I've done it. During Lent, I did it a little bit. Tell tell us a little bit about it, because you've been doing it more consistently than I have, certainly. So it's it's the new it's the new cool thing people are doing, and um, it make it actually is so reasonable that I don't know why we haven't thought about it before. Um, but it's basically eating like most people in our history have eaten. So instead of waking up and having a big breakfast and then sitting around on your rump all day and then having a big lunch and then snacking a little bit, having a big dinner and then maybe a dessert and like more snacks. In no other time in history did we eat like that. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing for the first time that people are, uh, you know, I think heart attack is the great, is the highest like death rate uh, is, is heart attacks, is heart disease. Because of obesity, probably, is a great yeah, and, contributor. And this, yeah, this is the... I also heard it said that this is the first generation that 
has uh, the mortality rate has actually gone down or up, uh, however you say that. Yeah. So we're dying sooner than our parents. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, <laughs> this is sounding, sounding really like, you know, highbrow, but it's the agricultural industry develops this food pyramid, tells us eat a ton of grains, eat this and that, the other thing, three meals a day, have a big breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. These things have gotten into our brains and our subconscious. We believe them. But if you consider most of history, we weren't eating big breakfasts. We weren't eating breakfasts. We would wake up. We would um, get ready for the day, go out, hunt, gather, come back, have a meal towards the end of the day. So when you start intermittent fasting, uh, there's just massive benefits. I don't even, I don't know all the benefits. I'm not an expert, but one of them is just like increased focus, increased energy. Of course, you're, you're eating less calories in your day just because of your eating window being shortened. Um, so you're losing weight. Uh, so there's several different ways to do it. The way that, that I do it. And then Cameron does it a little bit more than this is, um, you do a 16 hour fast and then you have an eight hour eating window. So usually that means from, you know, late lunchtime through dinner time. Yeah. As you're eating. But, and you go a little bit, you've been able to go a little bit further and stretch that out and see benefits. Mm -hmm. So it's easier when, when you stop, um, you stop eating earlier the night before because then you're not waiting so long the next day to eat. But I would think the easiest way to think about it is not how long you're fasting for, but how long you're eating for. Like, what's your eating window? So for me, I try to stick to a six-hour eating window. Um, So, you know, that's from like one to seven-ish. Or sometimes I I eat later, so I'm waiting till like 3 p.m. to eat. I don't do this every day, but the benefits are amazing. Like, I... It takes a couple days for your body to get used to it, but I'm not hungry in the morning. And I'm more focused. I have more energy going into my work. I can do more efficient work, I've noticed. I can even... So I, I don't eat breakfast. And yesterday around 1 p.m., I went swimming. I had mm-hmm. like aggressive, you know, uh, high interval training swimming. And I hadn't eaten breakfast. I hadn't eaten in like... 14 hours, um, maybe like 16 hours. And I didn't feel hungry. I didn't feel like I lacked energy. In fact, uh, what I've heard is that, like what happens when hunter-gatherers don't have food? What we're told is they don't have energy because they need to like eat food to get energy. But because your body stores fat... You have an energy supply. Mm-hmm. You just need to know how to tap into it. Yeah. The way you tap into it is going to a fasting state. And so the reason I was able to swim as hard as I could without feeling hungry and with enough energy was because I had been fasting. Yeah. Because hunter-gatherers, when they don't have food, because of you know how we've evolved, uh, they get increased. Their brains just get more focused. Their bodies get more energy because they have to go out and hunt. <laughs> they have to go out and gather. So 
Intermittent fasting is probably the easiest diet to do. And I was reading in um, Maria Von Trapp's book around the year. She was talking about how fasting, you know, and this was, you know, however many years ago when she wrote this book, that um, fasting all of a sudden had become this health trend. But fasting has been a part of the church yeah. since the beginning. You know, fasting has been always been a part of, oh, right. of like a spiritual practice. And so now, you know, we know of these health benefits as well and being able to combine those with the spiritual practice. And then people doing long-term fasts. Like, you know, you hear of Jesus in the desert doing a 40-day fast. We think, oh, yeah, he was, you know, he was helped supernaturally to accomplish that. But there's this guy who was like 150 pounds overweight, maybe 200 pounds overweight. And under doctor's supervision, he did a fast on just water and vitamins. And he fasted for over a year and lost like 100 pounds. So our bodies know how to deal with fat to turn it into energy. We just need to like train our bodies to do that. They're built for that. Faustina, did you come in? What do you want to say? Do you do intermittent fasting or no? No way, Jose. What's your diet like? Do you eat every hour? <laughs> How's that going? Are you nice, nice and healthy? Yeah, super healthy. <laughs> yeah, you're so sweet. So intermittent fasting, um, I think it's it's probably the easiest way to um, lose weight, be more effective at work or home. Um, I will say. Last recommendation is uh, when you get hungry, drink black coffee yeah if you don't like coffee drink uh tea that doesn't have like honey or any like calories in it just put something inside of you so your body thinks it's getting you know something of sustenance but it's really getting you know zero calorie whatever mm-hmm. um, i will say it's more difficult if you have the kids during the day because you're making meals yeah. for the oh kids. my goodness i don't know how you ever do it <laughs> Because you're, you're like making them oatmeal in the morning, you're making them mac and cheese in the afternoon. I I couldn't do it. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I find myself like getting really into work and like doing a lot at work. And before I know it, it's like 1 or 2 or 3 p.m. I haven't eaten. My body hasn't told me it's hungry. I'm like, then I, I get to eat because, hey, what are you doing to our microphone? <laughs> And I look forward to lunch. I'm just yeah. like, yes, what am I have for lunch? It's going to be yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. It's something you're looking forward to, not just something that, okay, lunchtime. Yep. Let's get it done. Okay, last cool thing is to start this diet, don't even worry about what you're eating during this window. Don't change anything you're eating. Yeah. Like, if you like ice cream, eat ice cream. If you like, I don't know. Cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I don't know why. Why is it so hard to think about examples sometimes? Um, but eat within a certain eating window, and you'll actually see your energy and focus goes up, and your weight goes down. It's really cool. Signing off. Th- this is Amber's husband signing off. <laughs> Do you want to sign off, little baby? <laughs> You're so sweet. Ha <laughs>